Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. What's the matter with Misfits? That's where we fit in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you're listening to podcasts. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. It's just me in the studio right now just doing the intro for you guys because a little bit of backstory. First and foremost, thank you guys for listening. Our first episode was a big hit. Our interview with Neil Getzlow went live, and we had a ton of feedback from you guys, a lot of good stuff, a lot of positive stuff. If you guys have not checked out Neil's book, Unmasked, please make sure you check out the link on our website, themisfitfaction.com. You can also enter the code free ship. This podcast, this episode is brought to you by Neil and his book, so please give him a look and uh, check it out. You'll I promise you guys will not be disappointed. It has been quite a read for both myself and producer Melanie. But the other reason I wanted to intro this episode was because we actually recorded this. This is our first interview that we did. So the intro actually has the title of the show as Multiverse Fancast. So I didn't want anybody to be confused, but uh, we have Rico Aviles from the Rico Podcast on today. He was a fantastic guest. You have uh, me and Rob from Multiverse Fancast, and he just did great work with us. We had a lot of fun. So check it out. It's going to follow right after this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, basically anywhere you get your podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me in the studio today is Rob. Rob, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Paul. I'm excited for this new chapter in our life. And why is this a new chapter in our lives? Because we are taking one of our very first interviews today. Paul, tell us a little bit about who you got. We're doing an interview today? <laughs> wow, what are the odds? We are super honored. Um, just a little backstory. I managed. I connected with a gentleman on pod, uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. on some of the podcast groups that I, I work with, and his name's Stephen Joyner, and he and I spent almost two weeks trying to get actually physically in touch with each other, and basically he told me, I connect podcasters. I, I create interview situations, and I, I kind of get you guys to learn how to network with each other, and he's like, this is my friend Ricardo, and he wants to do an interview, and I was like... Okay, I'm going to put him on the phone. I was like, what? And literally just puts me on the phone. And here we are. Two days later, we're sitting down. So we have uh, Ricardo. Yes, we would like to welcome to the show Rico. uh, Let's see if I can do this. You got this. Aviles. Rico Aviles, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being with us. First person out of like every podcast I've ever done that actually got my name right. Part of it is is I work with a large Hispanic population, so I am very excited to be able to pronounce that correctly. There's not a lot of brown people around. Trust <laughs> me. We just hide. We, we hide. Just... <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit different because I know normally our podcasts are very superhero movies mm-hmm. and superhero TV shows, but we wanted to kind of we don't get a chance to talk to other podcasters besides. Yeah the three of us, the four of us in the room. So it's cool to, to get a chance to not only speak to another podcaster, but one that's doing fairly well for yeah, himself and has uh, getting some good gets here. Yeah, very good gets. I mean, we're going down his list going, oh, we know those people. <laughs> those are people that we know. So, yeah. Oh, well, definitely Larry Hankin. We got Larry next yeah. week. We're really excited to talk to him. Oh, the Tommy Chong, obviously. <laughs> I'm sure that must have been a blast. I can't wait to hear about that one. Cool. But, yeah, and a lot of comedians, which is very, very cool. So, a couple UFC fighters, too. Yes, I saw that on here. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, they're all my friends, too, which is funny. It's even better, right? <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited yeah. to pick your brain. So oh, I, I, I got to say, though, you know, in talking just before the show, you know, Rico described himself as just not a very interesting person. But then in talking with him, I got to heartily disagree with you completely. <laughs> you are a fascinating individual who has had, like, a ton of experiences all over the world, doing a variety of things, talking to a lot of people. And so we're excited to talk to you and, and hear about some of those things. So. Yeah, Paul. so a uh, little bit of our research, because uh, we do our due diligence. We try very hard. This show, was 14 minutes before the show started, show but yeah, it's, all, it's all about mild show prep. You can tell how prepped I am by my notebook with pen and paper. That's where I'm at right now because all the technology is on the other side of the room. To- nah, don't be ashamed, man. I, I always got a little black book where I keep stuff. Oh, I'm nice. Like, You're still yeah. writing stuff yeah. down. So, yeah. yeah I, everything. I write everything down. And you know what? Nobody can take that from you. It can get subpoenaed, but nobody can take that from you. But uh, a <laughs> little, little Rosario for you. But uh, yeah. now you're from you're you you're from Puerto Rico. You were born in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico, and, and we uh, should also mention that he's from Rico Podcast, 
which is on iHeartRadio. Yep, we're going to talk about Rico podcast. Mm-hmm. His artwork is better than ours. We got to oh, also we got to talk after the show and just kind of steal everything <laughs> from him at this point. And you served in the uh, the US military, so first and foremost, thank you for your service. It's sometimes a thankless job and a lot of people don't the after and you know, we we here at the Multiverse Fancast are very pro pro military, yes. pro law enforcement, pro Pretty much, we're very nice guys. We're pro everything at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's you know nice and happy and fun. It's it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. Yeah. And uh, you seem isn't like that, you know. that's your lower back tattoo, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what you yeah, have. That's stamped that. there. <laughs> so g- give us a little stamped. bit of background. I mean, you and I we got to chat a little bit, and we've we we're sitting here going, man, he's way more interesting. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't we we got nothing going on. We need more interesting in our lives. I got to get some life experience, like Rico. It's not too late to join the military. Um, well, for you, it's a little too late to join oh, the military. Yeah. I don't know if they accept guys in their mid-40s. <laughs> nah, nah. No, no, no. Um, well, in first the- of all, I'm, you know, my full name is Ricardo Abdel. Like you guys had said, I'm originally from Puerto Rico. I was born, raised, and educated there. You know, so I went everything. I left, I left the island in 2008 when I was about... 19 yeah i was 19 at the time mm-hmm. just turned 21 in iraq so you went through the 20... puerto rican educational system then <clears throat> yeah i did i did i did i went to a high school called amo mm-hmm. Martinez Otero, which was a commercial high school you had mm-hmm. to be suited up and everything oh wow and i was an interpreter for the school so i got away with a lot of shit <laughs> and yeah because i didn't know what you were saying <laughs> well no it, it wasn't even that so like i i've always i've been able to speak english and spanish since i was like five it was a thing that my dad was really adamant about mm. you know languages is a big thing and i remember when growing up i always used to fail the the english test on purpose because i just didn't want to take advanced english <laughs> so then when i got to high school i had a teacher name is torres mm-hmm. And she's talking to me in English, you know, just like this. Yeah. And then she switches back to Spanish and I'd switch back to Spanish. And then she'd switch to English and I'd switch to English. She's like, man, you're pretty good. You ever been trained as an interpreter? I go, no. She goes, huh, how long have you been faking the, how long have you been failing the test on purpose? I was like, <laughs> she huh? caught you. Oh, busted. Uh, my dad's behind me. My dad like leans in and just looks at me. And I was like, you know, I'm caught in. you know, my, my dad used to say, if, if you're caught doing something wrong, just yep. be as honest as mm-hmm. you can. You know, just be very direct and honest. And I was like, yeah, I have. She goes, why? Because I didn't want to take advanced English. She goes, well, you're going to be in advanced English. I'm going to teach you how to be an interpreter. And I was like, all right. So, you know, from there is where my whole, like, thing is like the language ninja, which is what I'm known for. Mm. Oh, cool. uh, For my business, Language Ninja Solutions, like, started, Mm -hmm. you know. And from there, I just, like, I started translating. I used to translate pages of like games and stuff like that for my friends because comics used to come in and they weren't in, in Spanish. They were in English. So I used to like site translate for my buddies. I'd read it and I'd tell them what it said. And that's how I got started. And then I joined the army in 2008 as an MP and yeah, graduated basic training out of Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, May 29. And then June 25th of the same year, I was in Iraq. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. How long were you in Iraq? <laughs> 15 fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a long tour. For fucking less than 60,000 fucking dollars. Oh. Sober. And, and that's, oh. that's one of the crimes of this country, I feel like, that the people who are doing the important work don't get paid enough. And then the people who do, you know, who are in entertainment and athletic, athletics who do like, you know, one game or one movie get paid, you know, lots of millions and, and you know, Clearly, our soldiers are so much more important than our, our entertainers, and, and you do not get enough money for that. So I am so sorry. On, on behalf of the U.S. government, I am so sorry you didn't get paid enough. You're going to get a card from Rob in the mail. <laughs> like, uh, so sorry for your lost card. <laughs> so you did yeah, one no, tour, or you did, you did multiple tours? No, I did one tour. I oh, did okay. Tour. I was in the Army. I did five years active in the Army, and I did a year in the Reserves. Oh, wow. I, I kind of like – it kind of ran its course. Like I, when I joined the army, it was in 08 and, you know, there was a big push to go to war and which I did, yeah. I did straight out of basic. But the thing was, is that what I enjoyed out of the army was the law enforcement side. Cause that's what I wanted to do at the time. So when I got back from Iraq a month later, boom, I was working the road as a patrolman. Mm. So, you know, I did that for a while, did a little bit of drug work. And then after that, uh, once I had enough you know, time and stuff to get promotable. I was 
assign as a driver, which in the army it's known as bitch work. You know, you drive a dude around. Oh yes. But the yeah. beauty of that, what what that taught me was how to like slow down. Hmm. To be honest with you, because I got to sit down with like these colonels and these sergeant majors, and you really learn about the military. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't like where this is going. So I ended up going to Korea for, two, for some time, mm-hmm. and then after I was in a SWAT team there for a while, which we did some cool stuff. And then after that, I got out. Wow. I, just, I just got out, man. It just kind of like ran its course and I saw where the army was going and I wasn't happy with it. I wanted to go back to war. I was trying to go to Afghanistan because I just wanted to go back. So, yeah, it just makes so much more sense. I was going to say, when you got in, when you first enlisted, it was, you know, in that sort of immediate post 9-11 world with George Bush's, you know, push for the military and everything. So you, you kind of jumped right in at right, just the right time there also that, you know, that when America was very much a, you know, we, we were building up that part of our, our uh, you know, our, our military. We were building it up through the Bush administration. And uh, yeah, in terms of where it's going now, it's kind of a little different now, isn't it? It's it's not exactly what well, it it's, you know, man, it cycles through, mm. you know, like when I went to war, like we used to realize and we told people all the time, like the Iraqis, like they didn't care. Like yeah. they just they didn't care. We would try to train them because we did what's called PTT, <clears throat> police transitioning team, which is basically you teach them how to be cops and you train them. Mm-hmm. And we also did, you know, missions. We'd, we'd run outside at night and we'd, we'd go wake some people up and talk to them very politely yeah. and. With the least amount of force necessary to subdue them to the ground and tactically take them into the vehicle safely. See, he knows what that means. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was fun and not fun. I don't want to I say know. that. I know. Yeah. I, it was, well, you know, thinking back on it. I'm sure it was enlightening. It, not really. Really? Because I didn't really know what we were doing. Uh. No, because, you know, when you're a private, you know, and you learn, when you learn room clearing, mm-hmm. right? And you think you know room clearing, you don't fucking know room clearing. Really, you know. And we got very lucky that we we had a good team of leaders that they would UAV the place. Mm-hmm. We put surveillance on, we put observers on it, and then when we'd hit the house, we'd hit the house at night when they were sleeping. Mm-hmm. And if you right. get caught Catch sleeping, off guard. Like, yeah. yeah, man, <laughs> caught you. We caught a guy sleeping one time. Woke him up. <laughs> Straight up, fucking woke him up. Give, give me five more minutes. Come back in. Ten, come back in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, Mohammed. Yeah, you yalla, can't get. Yalla, you cannot yalla. get your story together and try and pull something over on anyone no, if you were just no. woken up. No. Fuck no, bro. It's very hard. And like, if you're if you're if you're good enough, you know, you can do some good work. Mm-hmm. But what I did realize is that you know they th- those peoples they they had not those people that country they had a different set of values mm-hmm. and they just like really didn't care so like early on in 2008 we knew like <laughs> they don't care man yeah it's whoever whoever's at the top of the hierarchy they're like yeah we don't want problems you know yeah and you know when i got back it was like really surreal because you know we never got blown up thank god mm-hmm. we never got attacked but we did have a lot of moments where technology saved us. You know, oh, we yeah. had a, a moment where we had a VBID, a vehicle-borne explosive, improvised explosive device, parked right next to us. And the guy, like, couldn't blow up because it was through a cell phone. He's trying to hit a cell phone to blow himself up. Oh. And we have jammers. And it's called a jam system. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, this just, oh, yeah, he really is. He's trying to blow himself up. So we wow. got him cordon. We had to call EOD and all this shit. So we had like moments where like you don't really think about it at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it now, like I didn't, I, I didn't remember this story. It was like really surreal now that like thinking about it now because we, we found so many bombs that was like because of that jamming device, mm. they couldn't they couldn't oh, blow wow. us up. But if you, if you really think about it, like you know those were each and every one of those times it's like oh that could have been the ticket yeah, punch right there you know yep. yeah so it's just you, such a different mentality like it's a it's literally a, a foreign world in terms of the thinking and, and priorities that mm-hmm. you know we just don't think that way and and the idea yeah. of of you know c- committing something you know to that to to someone over there who's fighting and that they have such a different perspective where they're you know, it's, it's to us, it's heinous, but to them, it's, that's their life. That's, that's what they go through, you know, all the time. And I just trying to put your mindset in that with an American mindset or even a Puerto Rican mindset, I just imagine it's almost impossible to try and understand. Not really, man. Like, yeah. I mean, at the time, yeah, let me rephrase mm. that. At, at the time it was because I hadn't like, 
suffer enough, so to speak. So to me, it was like, oh, these people are just dumb, you know? Right. To me, it was like, oh, these people are just <laughs> they dumb. They just don't which, know better. No, yeah, yeah the, the dumb one is me because I'm not understanding that I'm in a side of the world where we can talk shit, you know, if someone fucks you over and they can sue you if they want. And if right. nothing happens and you're protected under the freedom of speech, <clears throat> not every country is like that, you know, and I think mm. you really take that for granted. You know, that's why like our podcast isn't everywhere. You know, there's certain places that our podcast right. like never got into because it's a little controversial. Mm. But, you know, once I got back from Iraq, what really fucked me was like what people do to themselves outside of war. Like that, that's like what got me. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I could, we had IPs, Iraqi police that they would die and it's, you know, they'd see the body and you got to deal with it. Right. It's like, yeah, that's sad, but it's war, you know, yeah. you're kind of, you're kind of used to seeing that. And then when I started working the streets or started working the streets, that makes me sound like a joker. <laughs> hey, no, those are the people you're arresting. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when I got back to working like the road, it was like really surreal to see like the shit that people do to themselves Yeah. when, when life's not that hard. So that's when I had a little bit of enlightenment. I was hmm. like, well, this ain't, this ain't for me. I don't, there's a, there's gotta be a better way for me to affect change. And then I got out and came to Springfield, Missouri, because I didn't want to go back to Puerto Rico. There's hmm. not much there. What um, do you mean by that? Puerto Rico's not as, as, as beautiful as everybody paints it. Really? And I want to emphasize this every everywhere you have, there's places like me recently. I had an issue with the government here with CPS mm-hmm. where they were saying that my I wasn't paying child support mm. when even the mother of my kid was going to court saying, no, he's he's paid up. He's caught up. You people just there was a system error. Right. And I, I tried like going through a million ways to fix it. And actually, this is the first time I'm talking about it because it's it's fixed. But for a year and a half, like I couldn't work because they said that I was delinquent on child yeah. support. Uh. When I wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, I told him, I said, I'm going to sue the fuck out of you. And I don't want money, but I'm embarrassed the fuck out of you. Because if you take money, you always have to sign an NDA. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. I'm not taking your money. I'm going to fucking embarrass you. And I did. I did. And I continued embarrassment. And I stopped. I actually stopped working with them because of that. Because I asked for help many, many times and no one ever helped. And then the moment I got a podcast, I got an iHeartRadio. Now mm-hmm. everybody's singing a different tune. It's weird how that happens. <laughs> now, yeah, it's funny how that happens. So everybody weird. wants to be a little bit friendlier with me now. All right, we're going to lose you so, at the 40 minute mark. So, we want to take a quick grip. Yeah, we'll take break. a quick yeah, break yeah, and we'll send you a, a really quick re invite. All right, All right thank we'll you. Be right we'll back. be right back with Rico. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. And we're back, just in case anybody was wondering why suddenly right. there's after our commercial break with that, I'm totally gonna edit it in post because I'm so good at that. Are back with Rico Aviles from Two for Two. Look at you. All right. <laughs> the Rico podcast, which can be heard on iHeartRadio. So Rico, when we left you just before the break, you were talking a little bit about this country and about a little bit how Puerto Rico is not the way people quite you know think of it in, in terms of if you haven't really been there, I guess. There's a lot of there's a lot of corruption, hmm. like just a ton of corruption. And there's a lot of shit that happens that nobody really gives a fuck about is the thing. Right. Hmm. So I'll give you an example. One of the things that happened in Puerto Rico many years ago is if you're a law enforcement officer, or you're a teacher, your your uh, retirement got cut off over 20 percent. Oh, geez. Wow. We, we both sit here going, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's two people who get pensions. Same at some pension. Point yeah. In their yeah. Life. <laughs> so this is why I told you I was like, I don't I don't trust. I don't trust a lot of things that, that the government does. Wow. This is coming from someone who has, you know, VA benefits and whatnot, right. which I'm very thankful for, but I'm still hustling. Yeah. Because yeah. I just don't trust it. Look at what, you know, what they did in Puerto Rico. And then you've had, you know, ever since like the 60s, we just haven't had somebody, 60s, 70s, maybe. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, someone by all means correct me. <laughs> we just haven't had someone that either hasn't stole money or hasn't put our deficit on the whole. And we're talking about an island that's 100 by 32. Yeah. With 3.6 million people. 
which is so a do the third, math on that. third of New York City. So yeah, yeah, and and you know it depends on where you go to. Like I never, I never got into any problems. You mm-hmm. know, thank God everybody. I know how to mind my own business. You know, but it's not as 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 beautiful as it is, and the job opportunities aren't aren't that good. Mm-hmm. And in general, it's just it's not a place where I felt like I I could grow. Mm-hmm. You know, me personally, it wasn't a place where I feel like I could grow. So I decided to leave, and then I ended up and you know ended up coming to Springfield, Missouri. Have you and been back? Since? It's been like four or five years since I've been back. Okay, oh, wow, all right, and About not it. much has changed, or a lot has now. <laughs> wow, man. Well. there's still you know how you always got those friends in high school is like yeah man you should come back. <laughs> their parents. Oh. Like, yeah, it seems great. <laughs> Everybody's doing really well for themselves. I'd love to love to see you. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, I'm now stationed in the high school that I graduated from, so it's even more ironic for me. Yeah, I went right back to high school. <laughs> right back to now. I get paid time and a half though to do all the extracurricular yeah, activities. So at least you're paid there to be there. Yeah, now I get paid to be there. I was, like, I got teachers there that are still telling mm-hmm. me I owe them work. So we want That's to talk funny, a little bit about your I podcast. Do. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Know. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 brother. Trust me, this is going to happen a lot because unfortunately, when you're on Zoom, yeah, you're going to have yeah, there's that have that that layover. Latency. You know, it happens to us. We had a guy on the podcast named Boris. Mm-hmm. Oh, shout out to Boris to Boris Meshkov. He's Russian and he's in the Philippines. With a name like Boris, I didn't think he was going to be Russian. <laughs> yeah, so. I didn't know you'd go there. <laughs> he's well, Russian. He, he's in the. He's in the Philippines, and it was the interview kept cutting in and out. So uh, we just did the best we could, man. Yeah, I teach but, high school uh, English, and we spend about a year on Zoom. So believe me, I am acutely aware of how awful it can be. <laughs> I actually am thinking about teaching people Spanish, man, because I got like 18 years of experience under me in you know the title of language ninja or whatever. Yeah, which I've thought about, but someone told me to do a Patreon. Like a Patreon for oh, yeah. Spanish? Oh, yeah. Patreon's a very big business. It's weird. Patreon's been around forever, but it wasn't until podcasts mm-hmm. really went mainstream that everybody's like, well, we're going to have a Patreon for our podcast, and here's all the extra That's what stuff. we're going to do. Yeah. A That's lot of awesome. a lot of podcasters do it. You know, we, we, we're working on it ourselves. We have a third yeah. show that we're trying to get off the ground, which is really where our interviews are going to go eventually. But yeah, it's, it's, it's Patreon's yeah. an interesting beast. It, it really is. It's like it's all- I want to make enough money. I want to make enough money on my Patreon so when I have a guest that I like, yeah, or not even that guest that I like, let me rephrase that because there hasn't been a single guest that I'm like. That way I can fly them. I can fly them out here. Oh wow, that's, that's yeah. how much money. Yeah, I want to yeah. make enough money on the Patreon so I can like fly those people out here. I gotta say too, there's a lot to do here. If you ever think about getting into education, I cannot tell you how much someone with Spanish speaking skills is needed. Like we have. Like in our high school, we had a, a Spanish position open forever, and we just couldn't find someone to that that would fill. Oh, it. I know. No, yeah. I know. It's, Trust it's, me, I know. Yeah, it's there's no, a dearth I'm, of it. I'm, yeah, good good luck finding someone good. Yeah, I know. I have I have a an intern. I had an intern for a while that she she was she interned with me. It was the only intern that like survived, so to speak. And she thought that she was just gonna go into and teach Spanish. And then after two years of interning with me, she's like, fuck me. I don't know shit. <laughs> he's like, I know nothing. Yeah. He's like, I could get a PhD and I probably would not no. know a quarter. And I'm I like, I feel that yeah. too. Yeah. And, you, and it's like, it's yeah. hard, man. in the classroom, you really only have to be a chapter ahead of the kids and you're good. So see, but I feel like, like teaching is, is, is a very different skill. Mm. than than just being a teacher because to me a teacher teacher has to have so much more than just knowledge because mm-hmm. you could like no, the knowledge is something you know you yeah. have a curriculum you know how it is like I, yeah. I teach interpreters how to teach interpreters right and i have a curriculum and i tell them like just because you take my class because my classes are approved by the government like they're they're mm. worth cus you know and i tell people like just because you take one of my classes you haven't taken them all because i'm always evolving my classes like right yeah. now the cps the, class yep, yep you're always evolving and you cut off there. oh, oh sorry we, we're back we're here we're, <laughs> we were just yeah. really enthralled too. no that's that's true that you you should always be changing and always evolving you know i think about what i was doing five years ago as a teacher and i'm like oh my god you know i'm so i've changed so much i've improved so much but i know five years from now i'm gonna look back and be like what was i thinking and yeah you know, but yeah, you're right that that knowledge and teaching are two totally different things. You know, I, I know so many people that know a lot, but put them in a classroom and they're just they're not they're, able to they're do anything with alive. it. Yeah. So, so for me, teaching is something that I'd like to do and make a, a livable wage out of it. Yeah. But I'll probably do the Patreon because I teach people Spanish all the time. I actually have had actors 
that have come to me for like 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 how to get rid of their accent and stuff like that yeah yeah and how to sound you know more like a character and whatnot i've had that happen twice mm. but i enjoy languages that's why i always tell people i'm an interpreter above anything else because i just enjoy it but my podcast people thought it was going to be about languages and it's not. No. I, so tell us a little bit about your podcast. I, we see that now I have to ask this. What is, is the re, uh, the Rico podcast? Is that your first podcast or, or did you come from somewhere before that? No, that's my first podcast. Okay. So you started it back in uh, your first episode is from June 14th of this year. And, and so let me ask this, since we're talking about the idea of evolving, what have you learned since in what aspect in terms of what makes for a good interview? That's a good question. Nobody's ever asked. What makes a good interview, number one, is there has to be an exchange, mm -hmm. right? To me, my favorite interview was Larry Hankin. Really? Because with Larry, we were able to to be able to like learn so much about him that there's questions that I asked in that podcast that no one's ever asked him. That's oh me. yeah, that's good. He's like no one's ever asked me about that because what I think is is what makes a good interview, in my opinion, or for me, what makes me happy mm -hmm. when I finish an interview is that I that I get my point across in the simplest yet most effective of ways for them to understand me and that we have a good back and forth. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's difficult to get people comfortable because mm -hmm. people don't like talking about themselves people like to talk but they don't like to like really sit down and have a conversation mm -hmm. which is very different from talking when you have a good conversation and you know you have a podcast that's about conversation like mine is which if i was to describe my podcast i honestly would have to refer you to the commercial that we did for iHeartRadio, mm -hmm. which it's about 18 seconds long and it took two days of no sleep for us to write <laughs> And all it says is, you know, my name is Rico Avilas, the host of the Rico podcast. If you like samurai pirates, aliens, if you like to talk about, you know, weird things, mm -hmm. ninjas, then, you know, come listen to us. It's a it's a BYOB kind of podcast. Mm -hmm. Bring your own buds. Well, what kind of buds? Well, that that's that's up to you. That's on you, my friend, <laughs> you know, available on iHeart and wherever the fuck iHeart wants to put. Yeah, us, yeah I, I see on your TikTok, your tag here says, I love listening to other people's stories. Yeah, I'm very that's why I told you in the beginning, I don't like talking about myself because I don't ever think myself very interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I think to answer your question, what have I learned and what's evolved? Number one, the way that we do interviews evolved mm -hmm. because we were doing interviews for three hours. But not everybody wants to talk for three hours. No. And we try to like emulate what other successful podcasts have done where they can talk three hours. But what we came to realize in a meeting was that most of the people that we're talking to, they don't really know us that well. Mm -hmm. They know us from the podcast and they know us because we talk. But what we realize is we're building a fan base. And when you're building a fan base, you have to like show people like who you are. Mm -hmm. And a problem that I had was that people like knew me, but they don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like a lot of people in town know me, but they don't like know. Yeah. Me. They know that persona, you know, not so much yeah. what's underneath it. And it's because to me, it's like, I, I care more about helping other people if I can, than than telling people my problems, mm -hmm. you know, like most people didn't know that for a year and a half, I was, I was dealing with the CPS thing, you know, and like, that's something that it's because I keep, I keep a lot of shit like close to my chest because mm -hmm. I don't like to, to me, there's always someone who's doing worse. You know, yeah, there's always somebody who's worse. There's always somebody who's getting fucked over way worse because life isn't fair. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's one thing I honestly learned about the podcast was, you know, that that interview, we, we had Tommy Chong on because you, you wanted to talk about that. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> is there something specific you wanted to ask about? Not that? So many, there's so, so many, many specifics. <laughs> I feel like he just has such an interesting world perspective, not even stories from him, just like how he just sees regular things, just. At this point, like he's one of those actors who you, you hear in interviews, he just doesn't he doesn't care. He's the happiest guy that you can ever mm. possibly talk to. It seems like, and and I really I think the hope that everybody has when they meet an actor or talk to an actor is like, are they are they like that in real life? Mm. Like my wife loves The Rock. My life, she loves yeah. The Rock for you know obvious reasons, but also like because he's just a likable guy. And I'm always afraid if I meet an actor and they're not they don't live up to that expectation. It's like the most soul crushing thing. Like I was talking to Hankin to set up the interview 
And I was a little flustered because it was my first like real celebrity that I was talking to. And he's like, well, when are you available? I was like, well, mostly on Saturdays. And, you know, he's like, okay, well, what about next Saturday? I was like, oh, you know, we have something that we're doing, but I can move. He's like, you just told me you were available on Saturdays. I was like, oh, I just got heckled by Mr. Heckles. Holy shit. (laughs) So I'll tell you why. And this is why I like I do. It's funny. We were just talking about this earlier. This is why I do pretty well. I don't really get starstruck. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't I, I I had an epiphany in the past year, man, where I don't really give a fuck about your status. I don't really give a fuck about, you know, a lot of things. What I care about is who are you as a person? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? You know, are you doing OK? What are you excited about? If you listen to the interview with Larry, which shout out to him, I'm actually translating his autobiography. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. You really want to like throw him a curveball, be like, hey, Larry, we talked to Rico from the Rico podcast and he tells us. <laughs> oh, that I absolutely will now. <laughs> you have you have an autobiography coming out that he may or may not be translating. And you're gonna see that guy lit up. <laughs> if you really want to have a great interview with him, right, put that in our pre-show uh, notes. <laughs> no, d- for real. Yeah, we will. This is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you homework here. <laughs> Love it. Uh, very, very politely, obviously. Yep, yep. Respectfully um, so. Go to YouTube and type in Larry Hankin. Mm-hmm. And watch something called The Problem. Oh, I just did, actually. Yeah, actually, just today Beautiful. I watched that. Beautiful. Yeah, it I, was great. I, I so wholeheartedly, like, like identify with that. Because yeah. I was homeless for a while before I joined. And it, was, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, it was like, oh, life was so easy. Yeah. Like, I was so dumb to not realize that. It was difficult, but it, it was so easy, too, because I had two things to worry about. Where am I going to sleep at night and where's my next fucking meal coming from? That's it. You know, and I think like when you put things in perspective like that, like life can be pretty simple, but it can be pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with Larry, like everybody always asks him about escape from Alcatraz or whatever the fuck. Like, listen, I don't know 90. First of all, let me tell you this. I don't know 90 percent of the people I interview. And that's legitimately. And that's a benefit, I would think, too, because then you don't. Suzanne Lanier. Yeah. I, Susan Lanier, right? Mm-hmm. She, I knew her from The Hills Have Eyes. Right. That's it. Didn't know she was the blonde one until like I researched, but I knew that name. Yeah. yeah. And when I talked to her, like we talked for like an hour and a half and she texted me and she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I'm like, yeah, cool. No problem. And I always, I always treat everybody with the same level of respect. Mm-hmm. And if someone's disrespect for anything, which thank God we, we haven't had anybody, people are very respectful. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I deal with it because what I wanted my podcast to be about was me learning about like how other people make it in, in the world. Yeah. And right. you know, things that they do that help them like navigate. Mm-hmm. So when we had Tommy Chong, it was like, he was a big pull. Right. We had Giovanni King, which was our first episode. Mm-hmm. And yes. we, we interviewed him with a phone on top of my dash while I was driving back <laughs> from a comedy show on I-44 at one o'clock in the morning. And I love Giovanni, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love G King. He's really cool. He's been here twice. I, I love working with him. He's a great person. He's worked with Kevin Hart. Mm. But before that, like we had uh Roly Delgado, former UFC guy. We had Michael Wirt, who's on a TV show on Netflix about Bushido Samurai Life. Mm. That's awesome. And we had great guests. But it was like after Tommy, like things changed. Yeah, really. We had, yeah, after Tommy, <clears throat> we had Tommy, let me see. I think we had Tommy before we got the iHeartRadio thing. Okay. Because we didn't realize how huge it was to be on iHeart. Mm-hmm. We got an iHeart. I had met a very nice lady named Jessica. She works at the iHeartRadio here. Mm-hmm. And I told Jessica, I said, I have a podcast. I record two to four episodes a week. I'd like to be on iHeart. What do I have to do? She goes, well, just give me an RSS code and we'll figure it out. Go here and this. And like three hours later, we were on iHeart. Wow. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. That's cool. We announce it. The next day we wake up. I look at my phone and I have 287 notifications. Oh, wow. I'm like, okay, I know how this goes. Let's see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody was congratulating me and shit. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I talked to like my, my comedy guru or like my comedy mentor, Adam Gable. And he goes, I don't think you understand how big it is because you now have a credit. You can put on your flyer for a comedy show. Oh, also, yeah. the host of Rico Podcast is from iHeartRadio. And I was like, oh, so like you really realize like I don't I don't see myself in the light that other people right. see me. 
like to me i'm just another guy and if you saw me on the street i'd talk to you just the same way yeah. i'm talking to you now and probably smoke a cigar yeah. so how saying, did like, you I'm, then get past that with tommy chong because like you know clearly there you we all have preconceived ideas and and thoughts and we know a little bit about tommy chong how did you go in cold with him and not say oh well you know this is the lens i'm going to interview him through because Tommy was different. Mm -hmm. Tommy actually was on my bucket list. And I told him that mm -hmm. because I used to watch that 70 shows in Iraq when we come back from <laughs> yep. missions. Oh, yeah. And I used to love watching the reruns of, of him in it. Oh yeah. And it was very different, but at the same time, you know, what I asked Tommy more about was, you know, how are you doing? You know, what are you doing? And he talked about like his shit with the DEA. <laughs> <laughs> what are you working it's, on now? Well, the DEA. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. So that actually that that episode, it, it didn't air immediately on iHeart because mm -hmm. it, it had to be checked. Oh, I'm sure if it had I to recall be screened, correctly. Yeah. Because he said, yeah, the fucking DEA or something along those lines. <laughs> the damn DEA he said something along those lines and I was like yeah let's talk to me about the DEA what's up can't wait for this episode to get flagged I'm psyched <laughs> so then it got it didn't go through on other like iPod or Apple or something like mm -hmm. that it, it didn't it, that episode didn't fly and we had applied and it didn't fly and I'm like that's in like other places they were like no because there's cussing and he's talking this and I'm like mm -hmm. okay whatever fuck you guys I'll go fuck with iHeart who hasn't like you know disappointed me yeah. you know and we're available on Spotify and all these other things. It's just iHeart. I told iHeart Radio when I first started, and they, they gave me a chance. I said, in 10 to 15 years, I'd like to be the flagship podcast. And they were like, okay, cool. Let's try to make that happen. That's so awesome. here we are, you know, in June we started, and we've already had, and we have more people coming. Do you know who Josh Blue is? Name sounds familiar. No. Who's John? He just won. He just got third place on America's Got Talent. Oh, there it is. Oh, yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. So okay. he's he's a friend of mine. He'll be he'll be on the podcast pretty soon. Oh, very cool. Uh, Ian Edwards, a close friend of mine. Shout out to Ian. He's traveling right now with Rogan. Oh, with British someone comedian. else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ian. So okay. Ian, <laughs> Ian and I have. <laughs> I always give Ian shit because he's vegan. <laughs> um, but Ian will be on the podcast too. I'm like, I have friends like that all the mm. time. Oh, that's cool. But they're just like, dude, I texted Ian the other day a meme. Where did I text him? I text him something, but like the way that I treat people mm -hmm. is it, I don't care. I, I don't give a fuck. You could be an ex combat and convicted of murder. I'm going to talk to you like a human being. Because one thing that I learned, and this is why I think the podcast does so well, or as well as it does, because mm -hmm. it's not where I want it to be. Is because I treat people like with the same respect that I would treat the CEO of a fucking company. Like I don't, I don't care. And there's a level of confidence that comes with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, at least, that confidence comes from law enforcement, and it also comes from training jujitsu. Yeah, you know, I was gonna I'm ask. Yeah, does did sort of your your time in the military and in police enforcement kind of give you a different perspective on on the value of human life, obviously, but also on, on just that people are people and, and they're, they, they're, in, you know, they're fallible. They, they have flaws and, and, you know, you seem to know that and be able to focus on them as humans rather than as celebrities. I'll give you a second to light. Okay. <laughs> cigar went out. We got priorities. No, please. Edit. <laughs> so first of all, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. When you say people are people. That the head of a CEO is just as valuable as a homeless man on the street. That he's not really in, well, in, in certain contexts, not really. Right. That's why in I certain contexts. Oh, I guess I mean in terms of the value, how you, in how terms you interact of with them. the value of their life, you know, in, in terms of just, you know, their right to exist and to live, you know, that they have just as much, not necessarily importance, but I guess just as much right to be where they are that anyone else does i like this dude <laughs> he's trying he's Thank trying you. so hard he's he trying, he's trying to push a little i'm fucking trying <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll i'll give you this okay yeah it doesn't matter who i'm dealing with mm -hmm. it could be someone who just fucked me over mm -hmm. it could be the mother of my kid it could be someone who has wished me ill I treat everybody the same hmm. because the reality is that you don't know where the fuck everybody is. Right. Right. And when I say that, what I mean is you don't know where someone is mentally. 
And a lot of times when we interact with people, you know, we say things out of excitement. We say things out of like stardom. We don't realize sometimes how can that impact them. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I, I'm so lucky to like have interviewed the people that I've interviewed, the people we continue to have, is because I give a fuck very little about their their <laughs> like 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 celebrity status. Their celebrity status. Yeah. What I care about is why are you you know the way you are, mm. and then that tells me like what I want to know. Interesting. Because the reality is that you know, you may think you know Larry Hankin. You may think you know him from Mr. Heckles, but I guarantee you, if I ask you, if you ask anybody, where did he come up with the idea for Mr. Heckles? You're not going to find that because no one's ever asked him that. He told me this himself. So when you see him asking that, like, hey, we'd like to know where you got the idea. Maybe we could be the second person to ask. We can be the fucking second person. (laughs) So my whole thing is when people say people are people. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because we're fucking human beings. Right. But what does that mean Mm -hmm. to me? when I interact with people, I always want them to have two things. I want them to have a positive experience and say, Oh my God, that dude was really nice or really kind. Or, Oh my God, that dude was goofy. That's just what I needed. Yeah. Because answering to like what you said earlier, you know, where did I learn to like value human life and stuff? Like, honestly, it was, I want to say it was working trafficking cases. Really? Was, was when I, when I really like started to like really value human life and understand and when I really started to like discover how how little people know was when I got my purple belt. Hmm, when, yeah. when I got my purple belt of jujitsu, like a month later, I had an altercation with someone. And, you know, we, we separated them and I put them in a position and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to defend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like you legitimately have no clue how to fight. Like, you don't know how to escape out of the most basic of things, you know? And I'm not a superstar. You should see the people I fucking train with. (laughs) But I know how to fucking, like, choke you and put you to sleep if I have to. What's your current rank? Purple. Just purple. Oh, you're still, I'm purple. Purple. Yeah, I'm a purple belt. I'm a purple belt. And that's when I, like, training jujitsu is what really made me realize, like, how how much fake confidence people have. Oh, yeah. That's why I talk to people with respect. Because I don't know where you're at mentally. You could be super angry and you could want to like kill the whole world. Mm -hmm. And maybe through my fucking interaction, you go, you know what? If there's more people like Rico in the fucking world or not even that, man, let me rephrase that. That sounds very (laughs) egotistical. No, but I know what you're saying though too. Yeah. But most people listening Mm. are going to take that as, as a thing because I didn't, I didn't word that well. So what I mean to say, I I look at life in reverse, right? Mm -hmm. When when I like got married and I finally like settled down and I consider myself successful when I consider myself successful was when I realized like what would I want to to say on my tombstone right mm-hmm. and I said I told my wife I said what I want on my tombstone is he was a great listener he was funny meh funny but he always like gave everybody a chance so I thought to myself well how do I do that well I got to learn how to listen better I got to learn how to do this I got to give people chances. Because sometimes, man, like the best way to fight evil, in my opinion, is to just show it like it's not going to work here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, no, you have to ban this and not talk about that and not talk about this. And I'm like, yeah, but what you're doing is you're creating shadows and you're creating your own demons. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need to show to people like that shit don't work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's where my confidence comes from is that if is that the worst case scenario if someone was to put my hands their hands on me or their hands on someone that I love for no reason whatsoever, then yeah, you're, you're going to get fucked up. Mm. You know, you're going to get introduced. Mm. And to me, that's when I realize, like, Oh, people don't have that. So now when I talk to people, I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel like they have a place where they're not going to be judged, mm-hmm. you know, and if you need help, I'm gonna get you help. You know, I also realize that there's times that I can't do that. There's yeah. people that sometimes they just have to like, they got to, you know, fall a couple more times for them to yeah. learn. You got to hit rock that, bottom. But, yeah, maybe hit Yeah, the, man. The but like, that's the thing. Help. Yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, how many times you see a dude, you know, we had a guy that we kept arresting him when I was in Korea because he got into fights. He got into fights with his NCO all the time. And like one day, like he was just super suicidal and I was the only unit available and I went by myself and he had a knife on his throat. And I remember I just sat down and like took off my PC and I just sat down 
And I was like, can I bum a cigarette? I don't smoke cigarettes. So I just pretended to smoke a cigarette. And like, I got hemmed up for that. I got written up because I went to a, a suicidal, I forgot the code for it, but it's like someone who's suicidal with suicidal tendencies by myself. And like, I, I de-escalated the situation, but I got written up because I went by myself. So it's like, okay, but I de-escalated the situation. Mm -hmm. I totally understand what I did, but I was smart about the stupid shit that I did, mm -hmm. you know? But unfortunately, people sometimes don't want to look at the result produced and analyze it. They just want to be like, no, you broke protocol. You did this. Right. You know, this is what needs to yeah. happen. Yeah. So that's when I started realizing real quick, like people sometimes don't want help. What they want is for you to listen and shut the fuck up and for their views to just go how they want it mm -hmm. so they don't get rimmed up by other people. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't like that. I just, I just didn't agree with that. That's why, like, even in my business, like, my language ninja stuff, when I train people, I train them to make mistakes. I train them to make as many mistakes yeah. as possible. So when they leave, you know, they can defend themselves. Yeah. But the problem is we don't, we don't do that anywhere. And, again, that comes from jujitsu. Hmm. Because in jujitsu, you're normally given the test and then you're given the answer. Yeah. So having said that now about... If that explains it. Oh, yeah. yeah that, that was, does, that was great. Yeah. Having said that about, you know, what you hope to do with people, where do you see yourself going with your podcast and where do you hope to be in terms of the way you interact with people? Because, you know, you talked a lot about how you want to you know, sort of be that, that sometimes that calm in the storm, or at least that person that can get them to help, or at least just help them to get things out sometimes. So what, what are your hopes for your podcast? You, you would have to like, explain to me, what do you mean by hope? So you, you've a got a podcast, obviously, different ways. like, right. like for us, we started our podcast just for fun. Like that, it was just uh, something to get us into the room together to hang out. And, you know, as you get older, schedules oh, get harder, right. schedules get more yeah. difficult. And right. now, now we're at this point where, the show's doing well. We have we have two shows and a third show that we're working on, and we're like, well, where do we want to go from here? Is yeah, it just like, going to be us sitting around talking about superheroes for you know four hours a week? Yeah. What are we hoping as an intended outcome? Maybe, yeah. So or... we we want to know like we got to know you just now. Like this was a great interview, and we're, we're sitting here like like kids at Christmas. Like oh my god, this guy. So you know because we're we're also running out of time, and I want to know. We now know you. Yeah. Now we want to know what are you doing? Like what what is your plan? Because like. Yeah. It, you have such this, this interesting backstory, and it's something that both Rob and I have resonated with in two different levels. You know, obviously he teaches. I, I'm in law enforcement now, so we want to we want to know where where's Rico going? Like, what is Rico up to, and what is what's the plan? It's so funny because for me to say where I'm going would have to mean that I'm not where I want to be. So that, <laughs> that's that an even better answer. That's a, that's a yeah. that's a hard thing. All right, I'm yeah. going to turn off the podcast. I'm going to go upstairs and I'm done for the day. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's people, great. That's it's, great. It's always so funny because I have people that I have people that come to me for advice, and normally, like, I'll give you an example. This kid came up to me after a meeting we had, and he said, "How do you, excuse me, how do you deal with the competition? Like, how do you deal to stay above?" And I looked and I said, "That's a dumb question. I don't get it." <laughs> My wife thinks I'm autistic. I probably am. <laughs> Because the way that people say things to me, I'm always like, that doesn't make sense because of this. What do you mean by this? Here's the thing is I, I am where I want to be at, not podcast-wise, mm -hmm. not not work-wise. I'm a very weird person. I I can't do something that has an end goal. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't. That's right. why I like jujitsu. That's why I like languages because, you know, when you talk about like retirement and stuff like that, one thing that I noticed, you know, doing law enforcement and stuff is, I started realizing that a lot of the people who like retired didn't really know what to do because right. you, you have this idea where you're going to work and kill yourself for 20, 30, 40, you know, however many fucking years you want. And then life is going to be good. My life yeah. is pretty good. My life's not perfect, right. but my life is pretty fucking good. But at least you're on the right trajectory. It sounds like. Nah, man, I'm, I'm there. He's already there. Yeah. You're I'm, the I'm there, homie. You know, I'll tell you why I, I worked my ass off in my twenties. Like I didn't party a lot. And, you know, as we notice and we'll keep we'll keep chatting after this and we'll keep <laughs> chatting throughout the days and yeah, we'll we'll become look friends. To that. You'll realize that I don't I don't really care about much. Mm -hmm. Like I think I think Steve and shout out to Steve, man. I love Steve, but sometimes Steve will call me, Hey, I got this person. I go, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> because if they're not in my circle, <clears throat> right, I can't affect change. Yeah. So the way that I see things is I'm in a position now in life where I can affect change and I can help others. 
because I have a home base, yeah. right? And I'm at a spot where, I mean, think about it, dude. I'm in my studio talking to you, smoking a cigar, and I'm 34 years old I, I, on a Sunday. You know, I could probably do this on a Tuesday if I fucking wanted to yeah. because I'm where I want to be. What I want to do with my podcast is exactly what I'm doing. This BYOB, bring your own buds, bring your own friends, bring your own weed, bring your own whatever. Because as you get older, psychologically, the number one thing that you have to, you should maintain, not have to, you should maintain to be cognitive is have friends. Yeah. What better way for me to have friends than to learn about them and showcase who they are through the podcast? Now, some people may say, well, because you're using it and it's like, that's fine. You can do whatever mm -hmm. business is business and, and business is a whole separate conversation. Like if you want to talk business, that's a whole separate fucking conversation. So next, the reality next is, is that the what the next interview, that'll be the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. But the reality is that I am where I want to be. Mm -hmm. I have an amazing wife with a, a great family. I have a kiddo. I got vasectomy. Oh, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Did you know that they take 30 days to kick in? Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't tell your wife. <laughs> but <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but I am where I want to be. That's you know, nice. I can wake up tomorrow and if I don't want to, if I don't want to go fucking do anything, I don't do anything. Mm, if I want to hang out with my friend, I go. And my friend calls me and he says, I need you to come down. If I'm not hanging out with my kid, I take a flight and I go see my friend. That's a, nice to have that. Uh, it is yeah. because the reality is that. Yeah. And the reality is that the way that I operate is I operate based upon the hand that I'm dealt. Mm. So the reason why I was pretty good at law enforcement was because the first thing I realized is I got to learn how to fight. Yeah. But I have to learn how to fight to a point where I can just embarrass you mm -hmm. without hurting you. And that came from jujitsu. That sounds like my dating life. It's a whole other conversation, yeah. my man. But you know what, Rico? We had such a blast talking to you. I hate to wrap it up because I know we could probably go for another yeah. four hours, but we are on a little bit of a time crunch. I got one more quick question. This will be like a three-answer thing. You so, got 37 all right, seconds. So you mentioned a bucket list with Tommy Chong. Who else? Who's next on your bucket list? A Medal of Honor recipient. Oh. Like it. I love it. Nice. Great answer. My, so my my second thing on my bucket list, which I can tell you, I've completed a lot of them. Mm. It would be to interview a Medal of Honor recipient. That's a great. I'm huge on Medal of Honor guys. I read them. I read the citations before I go to work out. Sometimes I'll watch a movie before I work out. A Medal of Honor recipient would definitely be. I would. That is it. I think that would. If I could get that done, that would. That is that a would very be cool huge. idea. Well, yeah, Rico, thank you for, for spending your Sunday afternoon with yeah. us. This has been a blast. We hope to have you back on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, make sure you guys check out his podcast, The Rico Podcast on uh, iHeartRadio, TikTok, tick, uh, any of those other yeah. things too. Yeah. Anything else you want to? First of all, <laughs> thanks for having me. And sorry that it took forever. No. Uh, you can find me pretty easily on Instagram. It's language underscore ninja. On Facebook, it's Richard Avilas. You'll see my logo. On TikTok, it's Richard Avilas 51. I'm trying to get to 6,000 followers there. So yeah, anything you do helps. Absolutely, so we it. will we will plug away, and we would be honored to have you on the show again. Yeah, so we, we, you're going to get yeah, a message from us you, in the next couple of days, like, hey, is it's it, us is again. It fair to say that Rico is the first official friend of the show. He might be the first official friend of the show. <laughs> so Rico, thank you so much for coming <laughs> yeah, on. We really do this. appreciate it, and uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your day, man. Yeah, thanks so much. It's we'll been a real that. pleasure. Take care you now, you guys too. Take, take care, care. Bye. Man. bye bye.